Tonight we have a, a kind of a different type of, uh, of message that we're doing. We're going to have five different communicators who are going to all share on the same topic. And so we're really, they're going to all be sharing about the Father heart of God. We've been doing that the last few weeks. And so if you're a part of the panel, if you want to come on up and, and join us, we have five different people. We have Gabe Hulse, if you know Gabe. We have Kendra Lepsch. We have Brenda and Matt Davis. And then we have... My mom, Mrs. Sparkle Shine. So you guys can come on up. Yes. So uh, we're really excited about this. This is, this is just an amazing group of people. Such a great friends and also my mom. And uh, so you guys are in for a huge treat tonight. Take out your notebooks. Take out your phones. You're going to want to take a lot of notes tonight. I promise you that. So before we get started, though, I'm going to have you guys just share just a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you come from, just a little bit, and then pass it on. Sound good? Uh, hi. I'm Gabe. Uh, I, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, this is my home. Uh, I interned here five years ago under Pastor Kurt. Um, I knew Jake before he was a pastor, and he was still a heathen. Um, and I work in the youth department here, and he's actually my boss now, so how the turntables have turned. So, anyways. Hi, guys. I'm Brenda Davis. And hi, guys. So I've been coming to this church since I was 13. That's a long time. That's kind of a long time. Yeah, right. So, and I am actually a, a mama of four, married to this amazing bionic man right there. Woo. And I'm a full-time college student, too. So give it up to all y'all studying hard. Woo, keep it going. All right, here we go. Uh, my name is Kendra Lepsch. Thanks. I have been going to this church since I was two, so this is really home to me, um, but I'm married to Ben Lepsch. I don't know where you went. He's somewhere in here, if you guys know Ben. I can't see you because it's so bright. Where is he? There he is. That's my husband. I love him. He's amazing, but we, we actually both work uh, in the youth here at Res Life, so we get to work with Pastor Jake and Gabe uh, and Alon, and we love it, so that's us. That's me. Lucky, so lucky. Hey guys, uh, my name is Matt Davis. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the applause. We're good, guys. Stop it! Stop it! Hey, so what a cool opportunity. I'm I'm here. Jake asked me to speak, and I was like back and forth. Do I want to do it? And then he twisted my arm, so I'm here. Um, anyways, uh, uh, I I've been here for 30 years at the church and uh, love this place. I actually get a cool opportunity. I lead a men's group, or one of the guys who leads a men's group on Saturdays. It's called Gather, if you see it in the bulletin. So every other two weeks we meet. So if you're a guy, come join us. And uh, we're going to have fun tonight. Here you go. Sparkle shine. Woo! Sparkle shineness. Jesus loves you. My name is Kim Blaukamp, and I'm a loving, born-again, spiritual, awesome Jesus follower, and I love him with my whole heart. So, I have been here at this church for over 30 years, and I'm married to the love of my life, Pastor Bernie Blaukamp. He's in the back. Everybody know Pastor Bernie? Super excited. I'm a mom to five boys, five sons, and now three grandbabies and three daughter-in-laws. I love it! God is so good. So, you are loved, and we are excited, and we are blessed, and here I am, bringing it to game. So, uh, so they're each going to share... Uh, this is called an eight by five, eight minutes by five different speakers. 
And uh, so we're going to have Gabe uh, start. So Gabe, if you want to come up, I'm just going to pray. You can come up here. I'm going to pray over you, but I'm also going to pray over everyone else. And then we're going to get started. So you can just reach your hand out as we, as we get started uh, tonight. So Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your goodness. God, we thank you for meeting us right where we're at. And we just pray, God, over Gabe. We pray over Brenda and Kendra and Matt and my mom. We just pray an anointing over them, God, that they would speak your words and they would pierce our hearts. They would not only just encourage us, but they would challenge us in the deepest parts of who we are to be a deeper and more committed follower of Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Crush it. Thanks, brother. Let's... uh... Ooh, I got a clicker. I'm super excited about this one. Um, it's got a laser pointer, so if I press the wrong button, you go blind. Uh, you signed a waiver. That's the part of the red flannel deal. Uh, anyways, my name is Gabe. I work in the youth department here. I'm super excited to share with you my heart. Um, as you can see, the title of my little message is Owning Your Story um, and Experiencing All That the Father Has for You. Um, how many of you know that each one of you has a unique story that's important, um, and each one of you has a story that needs to be heard? Um, you have your, your, your testimony, who you are, what you've done, the good, the bad, the ugly is powerful. And God turns all things uh, into beautiful things. And he, he brings beauty for ashes and praise for heaviness and joy for mourning. So I'm super excited to share with you. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get vulnerable and share with you my story a little bit about who I am, where I came from, and what I've done. Um, so like I said before, I was, I was pretty much born in this church. I, I interned here five years ago. I was born and raised in the church. Um, my dad was a worship pastor, good friends with Pastor Bernie. Um, and, and my mom, who's back there, she worked in the nursery with Vicki. Um, as Vicki kindly reminds me that she used to change my diapers. Um, <laughs> thanks, Vicki, for reminding that. Um, so I, I, I grew up here, you know, I was born in the church. I was raised in the church. I knew God. I knew about him, had a good life, had a good childhood. Um, my family was awesome, two loving brothers. And when I was 10 years old, my dad actually passed away. Um, and it was a very sudden occurrence. It wasn't like, oh, he has cancer and has, you know, six months preparation. It was, he went in the hospital for a fever, got an infection in his heart and died a day later. And I was 10 years old. And that was my best friend. He was my mentor. He was my, you know, my, my idol. I mean, how many guys look up to your dad? And I was 10 years old. And so that sent me on a journey of really um, being a very messy individual. There was a lot of things that I had to learn, um, you know, that weren't given to me. Like, how do, you, how do you ask a girl on a date? How do you get a job? How do you apply for a job? How do you, how do you put gas in your car? It was these, you know, these little things that dads teach their boys that I was never taught. And so it really sent me on a journey and kind of tainted my view of God for the rest of my life. And I had to go on a journey of learning to see God now as a good father because the closest one to me was taken away. And so as I'm sharing with you about owning your story, my hope tonight is to encourage you and inspire you to own your story because it's powerful and there's, there's power in our stories. Um, and it, it's all about experiencing what the Father has for us. <clears throat> so I'm going to give you some keys tonight um, to help you own your story. And the first one is this, if this clicker works, proactively choose to not live in comparison. This is huge. It's, it, comparison is a killer. It will kill you if you live your life trying to compare it constantly to others. Um, you know, we talk about, you know, owning our story and seeing God as a good father. And this was something for me in my life that I struggled with because I had friends with dads. 
And I saw that, and they had money, and I didn't, and I had to work my tail off for anything I wanted. So it, was, it became very easy to compare my life to other people's, and it slowly began to eat away um, at what God wanted to do, but how many know he redeems all things? And, you know, there's, there's a reason I'm standing here today. Uh, the next key for you is expose the lies. This is a huge key in owning your story and experiencing all God has for you. Um, the enemy, you know, it says in John 10:10 10, 10, that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But God has come to give you life and life abundantly. And so it's so important uh, in, in our lives to listen to the Holy Spirit. It's why the Bible talks about living according to the Spirit and living not in the flesh but walking by the Spirit. It's important to do that because God will often um, challenge the way you think and he'll point things out in your life that really aren't leading you in a good direction. I love this quote right here by Steve Backlund. And it says this, any area of my life that is not filled with hope is under the influence of a lie. It's pretty good. I could sit on that one for a while. Um, how many have ever felt hopeless about your finances? How many have ever felt hopeless about your relationships? You can raise your hand. It's all right. We're real here. Like you don't have to put on a you know a facade. You can raise your hands. Um, oftentimes, when when we feel hopeless about something, it's because we're actually believing a lie about it. And we're not seeing it how God sees it. But when you encounter him as a father, you learn to see through the lens and the eyes of the father and know that he's your provider. He's given you everything you need, and he's always there for you. And the last one is this. It's, it's running into the father's embrace. Um, I, I just want to read to you a few things that I wrote down about this. Number one, run to him in your mess. If you want a message, you have to first embrace your mess. There are no hoops to jump through when you're running to the Father. Give him your trust and surrender everything. Not the ugly, but the good also. He wants your whole world, and he can only bless what you give to him. This is huge. Running to the Father and his embrace for you is huge. You know, we hear the story of the prodigal son, right? We hear... Um, you know, the story where there's this young man who runs away from home, takes his father's inheritance, and squanders it all. Um, and I'm going to do something a little different. If you guys want to close your eyes real quick, I'd, I'd love to pray over you and, and just really prophesy the goodness of the Father over you. Um, because I, I believe that he wants to do something in your lives tonight. Like I said, my hope really isn't to give a good wordy message. It's not to really impress you by the things I know, their experiences I've had, but rather impart something, impart a breakthrough and a freedom to you. That, that God's done for me because I was, a, I was a very lost boy. I was a lost child. I was hurt. I've, I've walked through pain. You know, this, we sing the song, Walking Through the Fire, and I've done that. So go ahead and just close your eyes. And, and talking about the prodigal son, you know, here's the son who approaches his father, who's a good father, and he, and he says, I wish you were dead. Give me my money. And I want you to picture this in, in your mind's eye, just, just this story. And so the father says, okay, and the son, he, he runs off. He just he, he runs off with his father's inheritance and he goes and he lives on his own and he's he just squanders it all. He's going out drinking, getting drunk, going to brothels, doing stupid stuff, wasting his money away on anything he pleases because he thinks that's the best life to live. And some of you are feeling really uncomfortable because you're like, oh, I did that last night. It's a really interesting story. So he goes on and he lives and, and he just he wastes all his money away. 
finally to a point where he has no more money. He can't pay rent. He can't do anything else. And so he has to find a job. And, and the only job he could get was working at a pig farm, feeding pigs. And if you know anything about the story in Jewish culture, it probably would have been actually against his religious beliefs to take that job. And so here he is, the lowest of the lows, feeding pigs. And he finally comes to his senses. And he says, even my father's servants have it better than I do. And so he, he rises up the courage, and, and he, he begins to, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and own my story and be courageous. And he, and he starts his journey home. And as he comes up the driveway, his father meets him where he's at. The father didn't require him to clean up his mess before he embraced him. He didn't say, go get cleaned up and wash up, and then I can embrace you and, and we can fix this. He said, no, I'm going to meet you where you're at. And I feel like tonight the Lord wants to meet each and every one of us where we're at. Oftentimes we try to clean up our mess before we come to the Father. He's like, no, 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 no. Let me take care of that. Let me embrace you. Let me put a ring on your finger and let me throw a party for you. So Lord, I thank you for what you're doing tonight. I thank you that you embrace us and you pursue us in your mess. I pray for courage to own our stories and not compare us and compare ourselves to others around us, God. I pray for courage and leading the Holy Spirit to expose any lies, any hopelessness in our life that need to be replaced with the truth. And I pray for courage, God, to run into your arms and into your embrace. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hey guys, this, this is on, yes. Um, I want to talk to you tonight about my journey in um, realizing how loved I am and really trusting a father. And my story um, is about a lot. Can we just take a minute, like, appreciate a pretty PowerPoint? <laughs> right? I don't know. I don't know why I love PowerPoints and plants. Okay, so, whew, so great. A loving father, what does that mean? And it meant something very different to me back in the day. And I specifically, as I was praying about this tonight, um, there are a lot of you in this room who can relate to this. So open your hearts and your ears um, as I tell this story. So my journey, actually his journey with me, um, begins with me being lost. As I asked, I asked him to kind of lay this out, these, these eight minutes, I saw this linear timeline, and he showed me three pivotal points in my life that I'm going to share with you that, that really brought to me where I am today. So lost. My, my dad left our family when I was five, five years old, uh, leaned down by me at a bookcase, and I remember exactly what I was doing where I was, and said, I'm leaving and I'm not coming back. He was abusive. He was not a nice person. And I lived in that, yet that little girl that day um, lost her trust in a father. You know, what, is that, what does that do to a young child when your dad leaves? So I spent my young years, my youth, my teen years lost wandering, wondering who I am. Uh, the third point 
is loved. So I'm going to touch on that. And that's where he really drew me to himself. And the fourth is led, where I stand today. So these are the three key points um, that he has shown me for tonight. Wandering, wandering as I wandered. This is really my teen years. This was, I grew up in church. I knew about Jesus. I was taught everything. I believed it. I loved him. There was something about hearing that you have a father, a loving father that just like couldn't, couldn't get in there. Yeah, you know, I hear it, but that's not really true. That hasn't been my experience. So it was really hard for me to understand. And I knew something was missing in my life. I just didn't understand why or where that came from. I spent my teen years in relationships, terrible thinking. I acted like an orphan. Do you blame me? I was, I was lost in that. Then there came, I, I want, through our three key verses, I want to point out um, that this is, in, in some way, all of our stories, in some way, we all have to go through this, like, finding him. Mine's colored in the way I'm sharing with you tonight, but all of us have, have gone astray. We all need to come to the point and be drawn to his heart and realize um, how loving he is. So draw me to you. This is, I'm getting into where I, I began to believe I was loved, and this was in my 20s, maybe like 22. I was married, had kiddos. Um, they were outside playing. I was in my kitchen, the windows open, and I've got my Bible out. And I just started wrestling with him. Really, like, you love me? God, show me. I kept flipping, and the verses would pop out about this loving father. I'm like, I had it out with him. I, I'm like, really? Where? I, I don't feel that. Why don't I feel that about you? And this next verse changed my life. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent him draws, draws him. And so Jesus, this, this Jesus, this Savior I'm so in love with, if I don't trust the Father who's trying to draw me into his heart, you know, how far can I go in that? How deep can I believe that? So it was that moment that God showed me and began to show me all of the, the lies I'd been believing, where, where the moment started that I started to mistrust him. And, and more importantly than that, I saw that he had been there all the way through. And the things that broke my heart and broke me broke his heart. That changed my life. Absolutely changed my life. And, and today, um, I can tell you I'm led by love. And what that looks like is the script flipped a little bit. And he said, now I want to show you what it's like to be a daughter. I can be up here trying to show you what it's like to be, you know, I'm, I'm your father. I want to protect you and show you all of these things. But if, if you're not believing it, how will you act like a daughter? And, and that's where I am today is learning. What does a daughter act like who knows she's loved? who knows she's safe? How does she respond to love? Because he can try to push it on me and try to show me. Um, but if I'm, I don't know how to respond as a daughter, you know, it can only get so far. So being led by love looks like, okay, remind me again. Remind me again that I can love you. Remind me again that I, I can trust what you say, that you're going to protect me and take care of me. 
So this is my story of, of learning what a father is um, and what, what a loving father looks like and how I can trust him and how he has his, the best for me. And, and today I feel like I just want to pray over you guys right now um, and leave this verse with you as well. Show me your ways. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and show me. For you're my God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. And if you're sitting here today and you're wondering, like, I see this timeline. I see where I am. Like, right now, I can tell you I'm, I'm a little, I, I think I'm loved, but do I? So I want to pray over you a minute and just, uh, and just ask that he would open your heart, even if it's next week, just reveal some ways and some lies you're believing about him. So you can fully open your heart up. Father, I just, I thank you uh, for each person in this room, God. Holy Spirit, you're highlighting things right now in people's hearts that, that have been hidden so deep for so long. And they've really hindered, God, the love that you're just trying to pour and pour and pour. God, you're, you're just wanting, wanting that deep, deep trust, God. Any place, Father, reveal it. We're ready. Father, I pray specifically, Father, for someone here who, who's been so hurt by an earthly father, God, that this is touching so deep. God, I pray tonight that they would begin to look in your face and ask you about their story, God. Get the truth, Father. Get your opinion. You have feelings. You have opinions, Father, and you have a perspective that we don't, God. So begin tonight, Lord. Um, in this person's heart, Father, that they would open up to you and receive this love. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, I, I opened up by sharing that I grew up at this church, and I truly was a church kid. <laughs> Uh, and I also just had a, a wonderful family growing up. I still do. Um, and my relationship with my dad is actually amazing. I have just a phenomenal father. Um, and a lot of my understanding of God as a father really came from my earthly dad. And I'm very, very grateful for that. Uh, but I also recognize and know that in life, whether we have a great dad or a not great dad, we are all still on a journey of getting to know God as our father. Um, and nothing can replace that journey for each of us and even just for myself, uh, whether I had a great dad or not. Like, I still needed to get to know God in that way. <clears throat> so growing up, I was uh, what people called a shy child, and I realized later on in life that shy is just a really cute way to say insecure, <laughs> right? Anybody like a shy child? And then you realize, oh, no, I'm just really, really insecure. So I was that really insecure child and up into high school. I was just really, really insecure. And I had the hardest time making choices for myself, like up into high school, even into college, just very insecure. I cared so much about what people thought about me that, like, I couldn't make simple decisions like what to order off the McDonald's menu. Seriously, like it was awful, and I really started to realize how big of a problem this was. Uh, when I was in high school, I started teaching myself to play guitar, and uh, my dad took me to the firehouse guitars, and he said, hey, you can go pick out a guitar strap, any guitar strap that you want. 
So I go over and I start looking through the hundreds of guitar straps they have, and I'm looking and I'm looking, and I, I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what to pick. And I was paralyzed because I was like, well, I need to pick something that somebody else would like. Like, what, what are other people going to think about this? And so I stood there uh, for the longest time, and then eventually my dad walked over, and he goes, well, did you choose anything yet? And I went, no, I just, I just don't know what to choose. And so he starts helping me look. And he starts flipping through them, and then he picks one out, and he holds it up, and he goes, well, what about this one? I like this one. And I look at it, and it is, <laughs> it is the most patriotic <laughs> guitar strap I have ever seen. <laughs> it's got like an American flag across it with an eagle, a taloned eagle on the shoulder part. And he holds it up. And like, I love America, right? But not that much, okay? So in my mind, I'm like, oh, that's, that's ugly. I'm like, there's no way. But the other side of my mind is like, well, dad likes that. So if dad likes that, I should get that because I want to please dad and I want what dad wants. And so I say, yes, I want that one. And so he buys me this guitar strap and I had it for years. And that was my guitar strap and I only wore it at home. It stayed at home, and after a few years, it finally disappeared. Praise the Lord. I don't know where it went, but it's gone. It's gone. But that was a lot of, like, what my life was like. It was just, like, crippled by insecurity and crippled by making choices. Uh, and it's paralyzing, right? If you've ever experienced insecurity, and most of us has, like, it's a paralyzing thing sometimes. Proverbs 29 25 says that the fear of man lays a snare, but he who trusts in the Lord is safe. So fear of man, caring so much about what other people think, it's literally a trap in our life. And so I realized this in that moment, uh, and I said, man, I don't want to have to deal with this for the rest of my life. Like, I have to do something about this. And I want to say that, like, in that moment, there was, a, there was an instant fix, and there was this grandiose moment with God where he took away my insecurity, but it really wasn't like that. It was really the start of a journey in my own life of, of knowing God as father and becoming his daughter, right? So John, 1 John 4, 16, it says, so we have come to know and to believe the love that the father or that God has for us. And so in this verse, it tells us that I can know something in my head but that doesn't actually mean that I know it in my heart, that I believe it in my heart. And for any of us who have grown up in church, we all know, like, God loves me. Like, First, first John 3, right? Like, uh, what does it say? Now I can't even think of it. See, the, like, what kind of love the Father has for us that we should be called children of God? John 3, 16, God so loved the world. Like, yeah, like, I'm a child of God. He loves me. I know it in my head. He's my father. I'm a kid. But my question is, like, do we really believe that in our heart? Like, has it made the journey from our head to our heart? And, and, and the thing about our heart is, like, Proverbs tells us to guard your heart above all else because out of it flows the issues of life. Like, what's actually in our heart is affecting everything about our life. And so if the love of God has gotten into our head, because we have all this knowledge, but it hasn't gotten in here, that doesn't mean that it's coming out into your life. Does that make sense? And so I started spending time with the Lord, right? On a day-to-day, -day, and it's just this daily journey. And one of my uh, most common conversations that I would have with the Father is just, Father, do you love me? And instead of letting my mind get in the way with all this stuff that it knows, I'd say, no, shh, Father, I want you to tell my heart that you love me. And I take the time just to listen and to hear him say, Kendra, I love you so much. 
And it starts to get into my heart. And I'd say, Father, who am I? And I'd listen. And I wouldn't listen to my head. I'd listen to the Father. I'd say, you're my daughter. And I love you. And I like you. And I'm proud of you. Because what happens is when like, I'm speaking to you, it's getting to your head, right? But when God speaks to us, it goes to your heart. And it starts to redefine who we are. And so I started this journey of renewing my mind, but also allowing the Lord to speak to my heart. And in 1 John 4.18, right, it says that perfect love casts out fear. So the more I spent time with the Father, listening to him, listening to his love, and letting him redefine my identity, it starts to push out that insecurity in my life, right? It starts to push it out. And all of a sudden, I start to gain this confidence, right? As I renew my mind, as I begin to believe what God's saying about me because I'm taking time to listen, I start to like be grounded in my identity as a daughter of God, and it really launched me into freedom. And it launched me past this insecurity and into this place of security, knowing God is my father. God loves me. I am his daughter. Like I can make choices because a good dad trusts his child to make choices. And God, like he's okay with me choosing, right? Because when I'm secure as a daughter of God, I know that the only opinion that really matters about me is the father's. And I know what the father has said about me because I took the time to find it out. So my journey, my story is just that like knowing God as father and embracing that journey has really set me free from insecurity and like launched me into becoming the person that God created me to be. And my challenge to us, my encouragement to all of us, whether you had a good dad or you didn't, is to embrace that same journey and be fathered by God. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, some of my story, I grew up in a divorced home. Uh, I was around seven or eight when my parents split. And I did grow up in the church, so I, I lived with mom, grew up in the church, and very lukewarm growing up. Uh, uh, battled shame, hidden sins, pornography, alcohol, anger, doubting God and doubting myself. But August 12, 2007 is the day that I actually committed my life to the Lord completely. So it was that Sunday morning where God absolutely got a hold of me, and it's never been the same since. Um, he took me to a, a few things as I was just getting ready to do this. I asked him, what's my part tonight? And he just led me to do a couple different things. Um, I looked up a study on engaged dads in the home, okay? Uh, they all kind of agreed with one another, so I just wrote down a couple of highlights. Children want to make their fathers proud, and an involved father promotes inner growth and strength. Studies have shown that when fathers are affectionate and supportive, it greatly affects a child's cognitive and social development. It also instills an overall sense of well-being and self-confidence. When kids have close relationships with father figures, they're less likely to drop out of school, wind up in jail, have sex at a young age, and tend to avoid high-risk behaviors. They're more likely to have high-paying jobs and healthy, stable relationships when they grow up. All good stuff. And I think we can agree on that, that if, if, a, if a child grows up in an environment like that, the odds are really high that they're just going to have a lot more encouragement, a lot more love when the mom and dad are both there doing that. Well, that wasn't my situation. So, and, and that's not some of your situations in the room tonight. 
So some of you have a dad that maybe your parents were together, but maybe you didn't value that relationship maybe earlier in your life. Maybe you value it more now. But some of you, you may not even know who your dad is tonight. Your dad may not be living tonight. It may be a, a situation that's, that's different. But my dad was a weekend dad. He helped with financial needs. But my dad didn't teach me godly character. He didn't, he didn't show me how to be a man of God. And he couldn't give away what he didn't have. So his dad left him when he was a baby. And his dad chose to never see him again. But I'm here to tell you, God restores what you didn't have or what you may have missed out on. God has brought other men into my life to show me and help give back what my heart had been missing but truly longed for. I want to read something here. There's a verse in 1 Kings 2, uh, 2 and 3. And my heart, whether I knew it or not, this is what I needed to hear at this time. This is almost 10 years ago, and it sparked something in me that I didn't know what I was missing. And, and this is David on his deathbed telling Solomon. He gives him this charge. He says, I'm going the way of all the earth. Be strong, therefore, and show yourself a man. Keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his ordinances, and his testimonies, according to what is written in the law of Moses, that you may succeed in all that you do and wherever you turn. Now, that would have never came out of my dad's mouth, but, I, but God knew what I needed to hear at that time to move forward. More to that verse here. It says the word virtue is used throughout the King James Version of the New Testament as a generic term for Christ-like character, holiness, righteousness, and integrity. It is sometimes translated as excellence and goodness in the King James Version. However, the word actually translated from the Greek is manliness. Thus, by the biblical definition, the purest expression of masculinity is found within the cultivation and demonstration of Christian character. So really, when, when I grew up, I feel like I'm playing catch up a little bit. You know, I didn't have the dad who was really showing me these things and, and teaching me that. So he's put guys alongside me to bring me up to that point. And there's still times where I fail. And I do want to share a story. I did make a poor decision. Uh, it's about four or five weeks ago. It really surprised me that I did this. But uh, I'm, I'm willing to share it with you guys. Uh, I was on the road early morning. And I got bored, so I'm flipping through the radio. I had a long drive to work. And I stumbled on a radio station that really wound up being really perverted. And I stayed on that station longer than I should have been. And eventually, I shut it off. And I just, I felt like I drank acid. That, that feeling is like, how did I get to that point again? I actually let that go. And, and some of you guys are Enneagram lovers. I know that. Uh, me being a one, I'm that perfectionist who, yeah, I'm my biggest critic. And I'm just beating myself up for the for the remainder of the day. Now I'm torn with what do I want to do? Do I want to admit to my wife? Do I want to admit to someone that I've made that choice, knowing that I've got to get this out of my, out of my heart? I don't want that to take root. And I was, man, I contemplated a lot of things until I get a random text from a friend, friend Ricky, simply says, love you, man. I'm like, that's pretty odd. He doesn't text me that often. <laughs> love you, man. I'm like, wow. So just that initial text spurred me on to go the other way. Lord, what do I need to do to take care of this? So it was a phone call to Brenda. I said, honey, I'm sorry. This is what I did. I made a poor choice. She forgave me. 
uh, called Ricky, said, thank you. You don't, you don't even know what you started. And then I began to just, just pray. I hung up with him, and I couldn't stop crying. And I'm on the highway, so I'm turning away from the cars, you know, as I'm passing them, and just bawling. It really was. And I'm like, Lord, I'm sorry. Thank you. And in that quick moment, he told me, he says, you have too much on the line. And he showed me really quick just everything my life touches. And he showed Brendan. He showed the kids. He showed the men's group. He showed platforms, opportunities. I'm like, wow. He just knows. He knows what you need. He knows what you need. He proved again to be the best father. I don't, I don't know what your situation was growing up, but he's just better. He's just better. He's the father that pays attention to your every thought. He wants to help direct every step. He wants you to reach the goals that are in your heart because he set them for you. And he knows what's best for you in every situation. There's a song I love. It's by Chris McClarney right now. It's called What a Friend. And there's just some of the words. says, you've been my savior. You've been my shield. You've been my defender on the battlefield. You've been my father. You've been my rock. You've been my portion. And you're more than enough. You've been my shelter. You've been my strength. You've been my provider again and again. You've been my redeemer. So he is all those things. So really the question I want to leave you with is what do you need? What do you want? Because you have access to everything he offers if you want it. Thank you. What? Oh, there you go. Hello. Here I am. Hello. Um, I want to start out by saying these were all awesome. Weren't these awesome? So, so, so good. Okay, 1 John 3, 1. See how great the love of the Father that has been lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. See what great love. Everybody say, see what great love. The Father has lavished on us. Ooh, I didn't know I had a verse. That we should be called the children of God. Let's say it again. See what great love the Father has lavished on us. That we should be called the children of God. Let's say it again. See what great love. The Father has lavished on us that we, point to ourselves, we are the children of God. One more time. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. Say, I am a child of God. I have a Father who lavishly loves me. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are lavishly loved. Now, what does the word lavish mean? Let's look at it. Ooh, I don't think they have that one up there, do they? No, here we go. Lavish. Oh, come here, little miss. Come here. Ah, come back, come back. Okay, to bestow something in generous or extravagant qualities. Your father, my father, lavishly loves you.
lavishly and wants to bestow these godly, loving quantities of lavishing love upon you. He loves us. He loves me. Now, my journey started when I was born. Because you know what? Right when I was born, the Father loved me. Is that true? Turn your neighbor and say, you are loved. Turn your neighbor and say, the Father loves you. Say, he lavishly loves you. Lavish. He's generous with his love in the quantity. He lavishly loves you. And this goes right along with believing and receiving that, knowing and getting that into your heart. The Father lavishly loves you. Okay, so my journey started when I was born. Because when I was born, I was loved. The Father loved me. I, I grew up in a family with a mom and a dad, but my dad, too, left when I was five. And it was a little scary at times with my dad, but the father lavishly loved me. He lavishly loved me. Okay, and so when I um, was 18, that is when I first experienced the heavenly father's love. I was at CMU. Um, CMU, everybody know Chippewas? Chip, chip, Chippewa? Yep, there you go. Chippewas, woohoo. Anyway, so I was a Chippewa, and I was uh, on the dance team at the Chippewa college and rah, 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 sis, boom, bah. But the Lord put me in with a born-again Christian roommate. And I, for the first time, experienced the lavish love of the Lord. She led me to the Lord. And I'm telling you, since the age of 18, for, for, for the age of 18, I have experienced nothing, nothing but lavish love from the Father. And you know, the journey hasn't been easy. And the journey hasn't been always bright and sparkle shining, okay? But through every step of the way, the Father has lavished his love on me, okay? So at 18, I gave my heart to the Lord. It took seven years being single, okay? Seven years of letting his lavish love love upon me before I met my husband at 25. And again, the Father showed his love towards me because he led to let me, him to me, a born-again, spirit-filled, on-fire, born-again guy for God. The love of the lavish, the lavish love of the Lord is upon me. And then he blessed us with five children who all of them love the Lord. So thankful for children. Again, the journey for me of the lavish love of the Lord just bestowed upon me. Okay? Five kids. Um, now, three daughter-in-laws, which is awesome. Lavish love of the Lord. And three grandbabies with a lavish love of the Lord. Just lavished his love on me. You know, this is what I want to say. I mean, 32 years of being in the ministry here at Res Life. Um, 20-some years working an awesome job. The lavish of the Lord has been on me. I'm just telling you, if we can believe and receive how much the Father loves you, I'm telling you, you'll have a journey that started for me at 18, and now I'm 57, and I'm still walking in the lavish, the love of the Lord. And you can do, but it starts from going from here to knowing it in here, how much you are loved, how much the Father loves you, how much the Father loves me. He's compassionate. He's kind. He's loving. He's faithful. He's unconditional. He chastised us. He loves us. The love, see how great the love of God that he lavishes our, his love, that we are called his children. 
And that is so powerful for my journey as a daughter of the king, a daughter of the Lord. Now, let me just say, when I was little, like I said, my dad left, and, and, and I was very afraid of my father, very afraid. He was abusive to my mom. Um, he threatened me. He threatened my life. He kidnapped my sister. There were all these things. But when I turned 18, okay, when I turned 18, the Lord said, start meeting with your dad. And I started meeting with him. And I'm telling you, the love of the Lord that I received when I was 18, I was able to pour back to him. And within about five years, meeting with him every week, my dad got saved. Born again, spirit-filled. I'm telling you, saved. And I'm telling you, it is awesome. And when he died, he died in 2013. We were all by his side, around his bed. Now, he wasn't perfect, but he was saved. I'm telling you, we were all there loving him. And God restored my earthly father because I received the heavenly father's love. Okay, I could have been afraid all my life, but I had to turn from fear, okay, of an earthly father and turn and trust the heavenly father who is in heaven. Okay, and like, our, uh, you know, we have like, um, they were saying, good dads, and some dads are not. Sometimes are good. By the, my dad didn't start out the best, but he ended awesome. And I'm telling you, it was because of the power and the love of the Father that I received and let him lavish that on me. And I'm telling you, do not let the fear, do not let fear, if you had a father and you have fear in your life because of your father, do not let that stop you from trusting and knowing how much God loves you and how much he wants to lavish you with that love, with extravagant love, extravagant blessings. I look at my life just over these last, you know, 40 years, serious of being a Christian, and his love has lavished on me the whole way, and it can be for you too. It can be for you too. So turn to your neighbor and say, the love of the Father is lavished on you, and you are a child of God. Raise your hands and say, I am loved. The Father loves me. The Father loves me. I believe it. I receive it. The Father loves me. And just praise him. Thank, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your lavish love. Thank you for your love, Jesus. Thank you for your love, Father. He is your Father. He is your Father. He loves you, and he lavishes his love on you. He lavishes it on you. One more time. Say, thank you, Father. You love me. I am loved. I am loved. I am loved. In Jesus' name, amen.